Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually... Actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hello and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Dori Shafrier. And I'm Kate Spencer. And we're not experts. But we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. We do. And everything we mention is always on our website, forever35podcast.com. And you can also listen to our podcast, G Thanks Just Bought It, that we executive produce. We're, we're not the hosts of that show. Um, but it is a great, great show that we highly recommend you listen to. Uh, Caroline Moss interviewed Samantha Irby on it this week. And Samantha recommends a travel bidet, mm, which mm-hmm. seems right up our alley, Dory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know such a thing existed. I know. But same. When I can travel again, I'm going to be squirting my butt up around the world. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, that's how we're starting this episode. Uh, if you would like to reach us, you can leave us a voicemail at 781-591-0390. Please do give us a call or you can email us forever35podcast at gmail.com. Any thoughts, reactions, questions you might have to anything we say, take it there. Please do. Or take it to our Facebook group, www.facebook.com slash groups slash Forever 35 podcast. And there is a whole world of spinoff groups for you to explore. And, you know, we haven't mentioned this in a while, but 
If you are so inclined to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, we sure would appreciate it. On that note, Dory. (sighs) On that note, how is it going? You know, I did want to talk about I did want to talk about something that came up in our Forever 35 Facebook group. Yes. And that was a question of, does anyone own an above-ground Intex pool? Mm-hmm. And my answer on the post was that I do. I just got one. And so there was a, like, there was a really active discussion about um, adult-size blow-up swimming pools. Uh, they don't have to be blow up they can also just be like an above ground pool you set up yourself but this is like not a built-in pool right so there was a active discussion about this because in many parts of the world it is getting very warm and we are sheltering in place so for example here for me um, you know it's hitting at least 90 every day here in los angeles and i don't know if my kids are going to have camp this summer so they may just be home for the rest of you know for the whole summer and what are we going to do we don't yeah. have a pool so I bought a 10-foot blow-up Intex pool. And I wanted to kind of give an update on it for anyone who was curious about them or interested in buying one for themselves or their family. Um, so here's what... Do, do you mind if I get into this story? No, I, I love Just that you're getting into about this. this pool. Yes. So... I've seen a lot of people ordering these this summer. Um, And actually something I've thought about before, but we have a community pool that we use. So, you know, or we like swim in friends pools or neighbors pools. So I've never thought about getting one for our home. Um, But I wanted something easy to set up. I wanted something reasonably affordable. I love the idea of like a stock tank pool, but that seemed like a lot of effort to figure out. Yeah. So I went with this plastic blow up option. Um, and they were, a lot of places had them sold out online already. Mm. I was able to find one at Walmart. And if you are interested listeners, uh, make sure to check the details of the pool you're ordering to make sure it comes with a filter because sometimes I don't quite understand why, but sometimes when you order it, if it doesn't specify this, you'll get one without a filter and then you have to order the filter separately and yada, yada, yada. So the pump filter thing you want. I also got a cover because we have a lot of leaves, a lot of birds, the occasional rat, you know, yep, I want yep, to keep yep. them out. Um, I also purchased a small chlorine tablet and a dispenser and a chemical tester kit, mm. which I still don't completely understand because I've never owned a pool and I don't understand the science of pool water, but my husband kind of gets it. So we've been trying to figure that out. Um, and then also I purchased the specific Intex air pump to blow it up because like an electric bike pump would not blow up this pool. Okay. Finally, I got a tarp to go underneath it to prevent it from getting holes on the bottom. Anyway, Ooh, my okay. husband set this pool up. Uh, he, it was pretty easy to do. I asked him for his review. He said it was easy. But our pool on the like the top part of this pool is blown up with air. And that's what kind of sustains holding it up, if that makes sense. Okay. So uh, that blow up part kept losing air. And we, over the course of 48 hours, found four different very small holes Mm. where air was leaking. So we had to do a lot of patching. What did you patch with? 
It comes with a patch kit. Oh, interesting. So they know that this is an issue. (laughs) I mean, look, it's like, you know, it's like a beach ball. You know, it's very thin plastic. So like if anyone... That was my only uh, my only kind of like regret in purchasing this little pool. Um, okay, because you could easily like pop it with a, you know, a needle. A right, 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 right. If you're a bird and you land on it, or if you're my neighbor's cat and you jump on it, or what, or if you're my kids and you stomp on it, which mm-hmm. I think is what happened. I don't know. Um, but it's full of water. The uh, we have solved the leaks. And we have spent like hours in this thing. So I wanted to give it a generally positive review. And if you are thinking of purchasing one, I would say go for it. That is a very positive review. It's just, you know, it's hot and water is cool. So there's that. (laughs) But also, you know, look, my kids are nine and seven, so they can swim and I trust them being in water without adult like without yeah. an adult yeah, staring yeah, yeah, yeah. at them. Like, so I would, I've been like sitting in my, my couch outside doing work and they're in the pool. Um, but it is really like my kids played in it for four hours yesterday, just in and wow. out, in and out. Yeah. yeah. And, and so phys- it's good physical exertion. Um, they're having fun. It's something new. I mean, it's possible that we all get sick of it in a week, but I think it will really come in handy. Um, I did want to flag that there does seem to be some inflation of the pricing going around. Mm. Um, I've never bought one before, so I I didn't have something to compare it to. I think my the total amount of spending I did, all things considered, is probably around $300. Okay. Between the pool, the tarp, the cover, the pot, like all that, I think I probably maxed out at around 300 So it's not cheap, um, but it's certainly cheaper than like, building a pool yes <laughs> you know like that's tens of thousands of dollars so i you know i i wanted to give it a, a pretty positive review and i will link to some of my purchases so you can see what i got and if you have any questions feel free to email me because i'm really hoping this pool comes in handy this summer as we stay at home mm. oh can i say one more thing yes it will kill grass. If you put pool this thing on the grass, it'll kill okay. it. Okay. So I know some people have it set up on their driveway and they put like the foam. You know how some people have those like foam play mats in their kids' rooms where, the yes. kids, where kids play? They'll put that underneath to give you something um, comfortable to stand on when you're in the pool. Uh, for us, we had kind of like a mulchy area that we raked out. And so mm-hmm. it's not on actual grass. But you're going to want it on a flat level surface. Okay. All right. So that's my, that is my pool update. I realize that's a little bit like very hyper specific, but I mean, staying cool in the summer is like the ultimate self care for me. Yes. And it gets really hot. Well, it it can reach over 110 degrees where I live. So it gets freaking hot. Yeah. Free, like miserable hot. So I need to be able to dunk myself in some sort of tank. I'm excited for you. Thank you. You know, I wish I would invite you to come over and use it, but you and I are not allowed to see each other. No, we are not. Well, Kate, I have some big news too. Lay it on me, Dory. My butt cushion and footrest arrived. Dory. (laughs) This is huge news. And how is your butt and how are your feet feeling? Okay. My butt is feeling amazing. This butt cushion... It's like, it is maybe the most comfortable thing ever. 
It's like more comfortable than your bed. It's so comfortable. Like if you have to be sitting for a long period of time, this cushion is amazing. It is the purple double seat cushion. Now, I just want to mention that purple is sponsoring this podcast, but they're, it's more like their mattress division is sponsoring this podcast and their, their mattress and pillow division. Um, they have not said anything about mentioning their, their seat cushions. And I, and I purchased this with um, my own funds because it was very highly rated by the wire cutter. Um, so I was like, okay, I'll check this out. And wow, that is all I have to say is wow. Um, Whoa, I, I know. know you bought purple seat cushion. Oh, well, now yeah. I'm Googling. Oh, okay, yeah. I bought the on. and I bought the double seat cushion. There's three varieties of seat cushion. I didn't know they made seat cushions. What a smart like corner of the market. To yeah. To. Did you buy the one that like looks like it's made for butt cheeks, especially or no like, with a little hole in it? Okay. I bought so the, the one I bought is called the double seat cushion. And it's a square. It's two inches of padding. <laughs> and it comes this is cool. So it's I'm this like website. purple. Oh no, they have multi they have different they have more than three. They have they have the everywhere seat cushion, the portable seat cushion, the simply seat cushion, which they say is for cars, the royal seat cushion, which is for around the house, hard seats and stools. The double seat cushion is for office chairs and extended hours and the ultimate seat cushion is for gaming or trucking um but it's this like square piece of i don't know what are these made of do they tell us i think it's the stuff that their mattresses are made of is it not they have it's, this like comfort grip grid stuff yeah and so and it has a cover so you put it in the cover Oh, you're not actually sitting straight on the grid. Um, I, I, I'm a convert. I'm a convert. Well, I've been reading that people are now are sitting much more because so many people are in these Zoom meetings who may have had like our, you know, may have had a different environment at work or like at work sometimes you know you're up and walking to a meeting instead of yeah, just like yeah, looking yeah, at your yeah, desk yeah. and then clicking into a zoom meeting and so i do think a lot of people's bodies are feeling the effect of like sitting and staring at screens more that's kind of you and i do that already so yeah we're already we're already in physical pain i but know this is really cool okay i had no idea purple made seat cushions this yeah fantastic. Um, all right so your butt feels good my butt is feeling good i also feel more kind of aligned because I have my foot rest. So my my legs are at the 90 degree angle that they're supposed to be at. You mean they're not supposed to be like twisted in a pretzel like how no. mine are right now? Mm-mm, no, they're not. They're supposed to be at a 90 degree angle. Okay. Yes. All right. So um, the other thing that I've been doing is I've been watching Never Have I Ever, which is the new sitcom from Mindy Kaling. I'm really excited to start this. It's kind of just what I needed. It's like charming. It's sweet. It's funny. And like, I don't have to think too hard about it. That sounds perfect. How far, how far have you gotten into it? I am three episodes in four episodes in. Wow. You've, you've made 
made some strides. I mean, they're short. It's a sitcom. Okay. Is it on what network? <laughs> it's, is on, it on? it's on Hulu? Netflix. On Netflix. Yes. So I recommend that if you're just looking for like, like a, like a, just a relaxing, nice show to, to watch. I am actually Anthony and I were start, were talking about starting Never Have I Ever together. So oh, well, look at that. Now, Dory, I need to pause us because we have not put our yoga toes on. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, let's go Should do that. Should we take a moment and just let's yoga take a toe moment real quick? and yoga toe okay. it up? I'm not going to stop the recording. No, don't stop. Okay. No, nope, no, I'm going to lean over and get my yoga toes. Okay. Hold on, BRB. All right. Ooh. Okay, so sorry for that break, but in case anyone is like, what are they doing? We had spoken on our last full episode that we would wear our yoga toes whilst whilst recording. Mm -hmm. And then we talked about it earlier today before we recorded and then we forgot it's up top. But that's okay because we still have much more to discuss. And I'm actually, Dora, I want to say we've gotten a lot of really great feedback on yoga toes that we're going to share on an upcoming mini episode. So I'm very excited to be conducting this experiment with you. Yes. And I also want to mention that... Inspired by our discussion about foot care, I purchased a new foot moisturizing, a foot cream. And Which one? I bought the Amlactin foot cream. Okay. And how are you liking it? Have I, you started using it? I have started using it and I like it. My so heels. How long? Oh, sorry. Go my ahead. My heels feel so much softer. Um, oh, already? Yeah. It like it. It, I've only been using it for like three days and I really notice a difference. So it's called Amlactin Foot Repair Foot Cream Therapy. You're really going all in on the feet. I am going all in. I mean, I just feel like I have to. It's It costs about $10. You can get it. too bad. No, you can get it at like, you know, a drugstore. Okay. okay. Um, it doesn't feel greasy. I just, I really like it. Now, how how long are we supposed to keep yoga toes on? Like, as part when with your daily yoga toe practice, how long do you leave them on for? So I don't leave them on for that long because I put them on and then I do my journaling, and then I usually take them off. Because I like to recline when I like when I read before bed, I like to get under the covers and like lie down essentially. And that's kind of hard to do when you're wearing yoga toes. So I feel like at night, I'm usually only wearing them for like 15 minutes. But they say you can work up to wearing them for like an hour. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. We're just doing I'm just doing a solid 10 right now. That's great. Okay. 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 It, they're weird. It's like they don't feel like anything, but they feel like something. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? I like do. something's happening and it's not painful, but it's yep. just there's something going on. Something is happening there. Um, so we also just wanted to mention since this Sunday is Mother's Day and our guest today is Eden Lepucky, who wrote a wonderful book called Mothers Before. We thought we would just kind of chat about Mother's Day. Yeah, you know, I should mention, so Eden's book is um, a series of photographs and um, little essays, uh, some longer, some shorter, about uh, people's mothers before they became mothers. And you can actually find my mom in Eden's book. I wrote a little thing about my mom, shared a picture of her from the 1960s. Um, 
But this is always a weird, as you know, I've talked about on this podcast now probably many times, weird time for me because, you know, my mom's no longer alive. Yeah. And I've been thinking about that a lot lately, how this has got it. This is such a hard time for people for so many reasons, like people whose moms are dead or they're estranged Mm -hmm. or people who want to be moms who are not or people who have lost children or, you know, who have experienced miscarriage. Like this is it's a it's not just all like, yay, Mother's Day. Um, and I've been thinking about like, how are people going to go through that this coming Mother's Day while we are, while so many people don't have like access to the usual, um, tools they might be using. Mm. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. you can't like, for example, like I like to, or when Mother's Day was really hard for me, um, especially, you know, before I became a mom myself, I would, I would like leave the house and like go for a run or, you know, like go have brunch with other motherless friends. Mm -hmm. There's stuff that I would do to help process the day. And I am imagining a lot of people who experience a lot of grief with Mother's Day and also possibly with Father's Day as well might not have access to the things they used to do to help them cope. And so Mm. I'm just thinking about that a lot. Um, You know, like, Dory, we've talked about this because you have experienced infertility and we're Mm -hmm. experiencing that... um, and going through Mother's Day while you were doing fertility treatments, and were there things that you did um, to kind of help you process Mother's Day? You know, I feel like I just sort of allowed myself to be sad about it, and to and to say that it was okay to be sad about it. You know? Yeah, I do. I think that's great. Um. But yeah, it was definitely a tough couple of years when we were doing fertility treatments and Mother's Day would roll around. And, you know, not only do you feel this great, you feel a lot of pain, but then there's also jealousy. And then, you know, going on social media, people are posting like what they got for their moms, what their kids got them what a wonderful day they're having and you know it was like just a lot to take in that's that's a lot um and so that was always tough um and so i you know i am always thinking about people who really want to be mothers and are not on on mother's day um but also now that i have a kid and, and last year i just had henry so at this point I was still kind of in like a full daze and I don't really even, I think Matt got me flowers, but I don't think I was like in a celebratory mood exactly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But this year, like, honestly, I'm like ready to celebrate myself. Yeah. You've mothered. I have mothered. Like I want to take stock, think about this past year of being a mom, how my life has changed. And I got to say, Kate, the other day I had Mm -hmm. a realization I'm a good mom. Oh, yeah, you are. You're an awesome mom. I was like, you know what? I'm a good mom. Oh, Tori. And that That's felt so sweet. worth celebrating. Um, and it's been just like a funny few weeks of taking stock generally because Henry had his birthday um, a couple weeks ago. And that was a day also where I was like thinking about where we were a year ago and also like what we've gone through this whole year. And then my birthday is next week. My sister's birthday is on Mother's Day. It's my mom's birthday the week after next. So there's a lot of just like milestones. You're all Tauruses? My mom is technically a Gemini. 
Whoa, you and Kieran and Karen are both Tori. We're both Tori, and Henry is a Taurus. And my nephew, Sam, who has the same birthday as me, is also a Taurus. Wow, that's so fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's basically our family sign. Like, if you're not a Taurus, you're like kind of a loser in our family. And I'm just yeah, kidding. you're like not a, <laughs> totally allowed in. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, so I've just sort of been thinking about that. There's a lot of like commemoration and celebration, but it's just sort of like overlaid with this like sheen of melancholy this year. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. not. I mean, I haven't seen my mom on her birthday in a long time, but like she's across the country. I'm now I'm not sure when I'm going to see her again. When's she going to see Henry again? Like it's all all of those questions. When I'm going to see my sister, like all of those things are just sort of swirling. Yeah, that brings up a lot of feelings. Yeah. So I don't know. do you know what you're going to do on Mother's Day to celebrate yourself? You know, I don't. Um I don't. <laughs> I, you know, I think like you were saying, it's, I think in the past, like maybe I would have like taken myself to a spa or something. Um, but this year, I don't know, like maybe I'll, I'll just go on a walk with Henry. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I don't have, I don't have like big plans. Do you? I don't. Well, on the day before I'm doing a, I was going to host a brunch for a group of my fellow motherless moms that I'm really close with. Yeah. And obviously I can't host a brunch. So another member of our group is putting together a Zoom for us all to just check in with each other. Oh, that's so nice. Honor our own moms and spend time together. And on actual Mother's Day, I I kind of have an idea of what I would like to do, which is like I want to sleep in. Mm-hmm. I want to lay in my bed and play Animal Crossing alone on the Nintendo Switch for like five hours. Yes. Alone. Like I just want it because I can't leave. Um, And I think maybe does it sound awful that on Mother's Day I want to be alone? I don't like I don't need to be, have like a big family outing. I'm like, get me into like a room by myself where I just sit in the quiet. No, I think that's totally, totally fine and normal. That's kind of what I'd like to do. I'd love to have a dinner with my family and get some hugs and just, you know, spend time with my, spend time with my family, but also spend time with the Nintendo Switch alone. Yes. I love it. That's basically it. Well, well, we hope, we hope you all have a manageable day. In whatever way that means to you. And I would say if it's a hard day for you, get just take take the time to disconnect from social media. Yes, that's really good advice. That's where a lot of the um, challenges are for me. Yeah. Same. Um, all right. Well, as we mentioned before, our guest is Eden Lepucky. I'm so excited we got to talk to her. And yeah, here she is. 
to a lot of really fantastic, intelligent people on this podcast. But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss, or Think Like a Boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events, there's weddings, there's nights out, it's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Superpower Short. The Superpower Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that thing every day. I do too. Uh, It's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let Let me just tell you why. Yeah, get okay, into it. Hey, do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say, like, I, I I, don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it, like, the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh, God, like, get this off of me. <laughs> No, thank once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see how also, it could like, be. 
Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. It, it, like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I, I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from thirty dollars. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning fourteen karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, If you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Our guest today is Eden Lepucky. Welcome, Eden. We're so, so excited to have you on the show. Hi, guys. I am a huge fan, so I'm super excited to be here. Yay. Well, we are going to read your bio for anyone who might not be familiar with your wide body of work, um, and then we'll get into it. Eden cool. is the best-selling author of the novels California and Woman Number 17, and the editor of Mothers Before, Stories and Portraits of Our Mothers as We Never Saw Them, which is inspired by her popular Instagram account of the same name. Her work has also been published in the New York Times, the LA Times, Esquire, and The Cut, and she is the co-host of the podcast, Mom Rage. She lives in Los Angeles with her husband and three children. That's me. <laughs> Eden. <laughs> Dory. <laughs> Um, we were talking a little bit about your homeschooling adventures before we got started. And I am actually wondering, before we get to your book, which is amazing, how are you doing? You have three children. 
you have a kid in elementary school, a preschooler and a baby. Those are a lot of like disparate, different needs. And you are the primary caregiver. How, how are you doing this? How are you homeschooling the baby? (laughs) It's funny because I'm just trying to teach him to point the monkey on the puzzle. And I was like, I'm way better at teaching this than the fractions. (laughs) I'm like, show me the monkey. You can do it. And I don't lose my temper. Um, well, I used to be really smug about the distances between my children because I was like, it's great. They fight less. You can like get out of like the trauma of having a baby. <laughs> and now I'm like, why did I do this? Because they're so far apart in age. Their interests do not overlap and nor do their educational needs. Mm. Um, but well, I will say now my husband, after two weeks, he was like, you can't do this anymore. So he now is home. He doesn't go to work downstairs in the office um, until about nine thirty or ten, so he can cover most of the math part of homeschooling. Uh. Um, so that's helpful. That has changed everything. Um, yeah, but otherwise, uh, it's been really tough. One thing is um, my son, who's the eight year old in third grade. He is. This is not a. This is not a therapy. <laughs> this is not an official term, but I we refer to him as special needs light. Um, he has been like diagnosed with something, but it's not something that where he needs an IEP or anything. That's an individualized educational plan. Mm-hmm. But he has a really hard time focusing. He needs way more attention than any other child, including the baby. Um, and he's what they call gifted, but also just means really challenging to discipline. Mm. <laughs> um, so he's, he's really hard. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of nice to have him home and kind of able to do some of the projects that he wants to do that he can't do at school. Right. Um, and my four-year-old, I mean, she's God bless the middle child. I mean, she just plays with Barbies for six hours a day now and is really independent. Wow. <laughs> and I try to read some books to her and do some art later in the day, but you know, and the baby, he just sits there and smiles. He's okay. But there's very little time otherwise for myself. Right. I mean, you <laughs> Forget said myself. You said oh, something on a recent episode of Mom Rage that has like really stuck with me, which is that you said that your marriage is like the easiest thing in your life, but parenting is the hardest. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, on Mom Rage, Amelia, my co-host, we, should, we, we have a joke that like my husband and I just, we don't fight. and I feel like that could sound problematic. Like, what are we pushing way down into the surface? Like, what rages have we not, like, really let ourselves get into? But we're just really complementary personalities. And so, we have always sort of been able to communicate really well. Our our personality, just they just match very well. And we're able to talk about when something is upsetting or things don't really upset us. Um, and we always had sort of a very, like easy marriage. And then we had our first child who is a difficult child. God bless him. He's really funny and smarter than anybody else I know. Um, but he's difficult. And so we found ourselves in a position where we're like yelling every day and mm. trying to make sure that he's getting what he needs, that he feels like he can be the person he is, that we totally accept him. And also that we don't totally neglect our other two children and, you know, all the guilt that goes into not being able to be there for your kids in the way that they need to be there. Um, so yeah, we often joke at night, you know, like we're getting along, we're watching TV, we're having some wine. We talk late into the night, you know, about our kids and our lives. And we always laugh like, Oh, marriage was so easy. And then we tried We went and like made it super hard by having kids. Mm. Yeah. 
I don't know. I think there's all this stuff about how marriage takes a lot of work. And I think it does any important relationship obviously takes work. You want to make sure that you're, you're recognizing the other person's feelings and how they're responding to things. And it's not like there's no effort, but I wouldn't say it's work. There's no real labor in my marriage where I say like, there's a lot about parenting when you get to like bedtime where you just feel like, wow, I've been laboring for a while here. Mm. Yeah. From like five in the morning till eight at night. <laughs> On top of doing yeah. all I mean, the especially now. That, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Eden. I didn't, I didn't yeah. mean to And I don't want to, I'm not trying to diminish the, yeah, no, you're just realizing that you've been their kids all the time right now, right? And I don't want to diminish all the joys of parenting, which are, there are so many, but I think it's important, at least for me to be like, I love this. And it's also the hardest thing I've ever done. I, you know, let's talk a little bit about mothers before, because I, I would love to kind of reflect a little bit further on who you were before you had kids. And if, and if this book has caused you to kind of examine that. But before we go there, I would love for you to tell our listeners about your Instagram mothers before, what inspired it and how it led to this beautiful book. So I start. this is so funny. I started the Instagram kind of on a lark. I thought I had my, in fact, my second novel, Woman Number 17 was coming out. And in that novel, there's a character who goes by S, just the letter. She's in her early 20s, kind of a pretentious but searching artist. And she starts a project where she asks people for photos of their mothers before they were mothers. And then she makes art with them. She paints portraits based on them. She does a series of things with the pictures that she sent. Um, so I thought, wouldn't that be kind of a cool project just in and of itself, just to see old pictures of people's moms? Because I love pictures of my mom when before she was a mom, and I love seeing other people's pictures of their moms. Um, and then I decided to make it for women and um, non-binary, non-binary, non-binary people because woman number 17 is all about like mother-daughter relationships and kind of enacting womanhood in all these different ways, like how it's sort of a performance and how it's not a performance and, you know, all that kind of like tricky stuff. And I thought this is a place for that to happen on the Instagram. And I have a good relationship with my mom, but the relationships in woman number 17, there's a lot of like mommy damage, I guess you could say, like your mom messed you up. So like, this is how you're going to mess up your own kids kind of stuff. So mothers before the Instagram was kind of my opportunity to not only have like, my mom's my best friend kind of captions, but to be able to kind of celebrate our mothers. And even if you don't have a good relationship with your mother to kind of like recognize the person she was and is. Um, and so I just like put a call out to my friends. I was like, Hey, send me your pictures. I started the Instagram. Um, it's funny. Cause I remember at first I was like, should I make a website? What do I, what do I put this on? <laughs> and my agent was like, make an Instagram. And I was like, okay. And I really thought it would just lead to nothing that it was going to be simply just a little publicity stunt. But of course, nobody who follows mothers before is coming there for woman number 17. <laughs> it became its kind of own animal. Um, and just kind of took off from there. I got, I put a call out. Once I had ones from friends, I put a wider call out. I got more pictures. Um, I never did any like publicity for it. I just sort of let it organically grow. And it did, which was really neat to watch. Um, and I'm always like amazed by the photos and the captions that I get. Like just people I don't know from across the world will send me a picture with like 
their mother's life story in four sentences that will be either like brutal or admirable, just like stunning in some way. And I'm just always moved in some kind of direction. So it's kind of become its own thing. And at some point, my mom first was like, you should make this into a book. (laughs) And then my agent was like, you're making this into a book because she represents a lot of nonfiction. So that's kind of her wheelhouse to begin with. So she kind of helped me perceive of that or conceive of it actually. And now it's a book. And it's so weird to be like, I have an Instagram that got turned into a book. <laughs> One of the things that I wanted to make sure was that I I felt like the best versions of the sort of like internet to book books are ones that feel like their own thing. So they're not like, oh, I had the Instagram and now this is the Instagram with hardcovers around it. Um, you know, it has mm-hmm. almost entirely new material. I like sourced it from authors that I admire, people I admire, friends. I wanted it to feel like its own separate artifact. As the editor, it's so much easier to like just have just pure joy about the book. Like with my novels, of course, yeah. I felt strongly about them, but I w- it was so wrapped up in like, it was like taking like, like someone had taken like an ice cream scoop out of my brain and served it to someone and been like, what do you think of this flavor? <laughs> this is other people's writing and other people's mothers. And yes, I was the editor, but they're not mine. So I feel like right. I can just like shout from the rooftops how great it is without feeling like it's all about me. Um, because I really felt like I received people's essays and stories or essays and photos and got to experience them as the reader gets to experience them. Yeah. Yeah. What have you kind of learned about the larger experience of, of women and of mothers after reading about so many people's moms? Hmm. You know, it kind of changes. I would say, Still on the Instagram, which is interesting to me, I try to make it kind of agnostic on the Instagram, meaning that even if somebody writes something that I would, it's not like an idea that I support or hate. Like, I just like some people are like, being a mother is the most important role. And I thank my mother for being so selfless. Sometimes those captions make me really bristle where I'm like, Is it the most important role? Are we supposed to be selfless? But I still post them because it's that daughter's understanding of her own mother and motherhood. Um, And then I'll also post one that's really different from that, that says like, my mother, you know, knew how to take apart airplanes. And I knew that that was her passion. And she also loved me. I mean, there's just very many different ways of understanding how to be a mother. And I like seeing how different children um, how do I put this? Each each child has kind of a different perception of what motherhood is based in part on what their own mother is. So you can see them, you can like take great value in your like stay at home mom who's there for you all the time and really feel like, oh my God, that sacrifice that she made for us. And then you have another person whose mother was like a single mom who had like three jobs and she like held it together. She didn't really show her emotions very much, but I knew that she was doing that to keep us solid. And they're taking lessons from that for their own lives. Either like, I want to be just like that, or I don't think I can be like that. Um, but this is kind of a long rambling way to say that I feel like we do so much interrogating of our own mothers in order to understand how to proceed, whether or not we become mothers. Um, 
And I don't know if that's the same for, I mean, maybe it is the same with fathers, but I feel like I've given a lot of thought to the fact that my mom's like vocation in life is mothering. And that's not my vocation. My vocation is writing. And like, what does that mean for me as a mother? Can I still be a good mother? Does that still mean that mothering is a passion for, of mine? How is mothering interacting with my passion for writing? And it all, it often comes back to like, well, what did my mother show me? And I feel like we're constantly looking back to like, what did my mother show me? Or was she not there to show me? And what do I do then? Um, but I just see that kind of wrestling in all of the captions. Well, you also make room for all different kinds of maternal relationships, um, including ones that are complex, challenging, estranged. Um, and I think those, those kinds of relationships with our moms need more space in the cultural dialogue, right? Because so often mother, motherhood or our mothers are kind of sanctified and romanticized and not all not all moms are that. Totally. I actually am always like, I love this quote unquote notion of a bad mom. Um, and I mean, I wrote quote unquote bad moms in woman number 17. I mean, the main character lady in that book, she's not what you would call a great mom. She's got a lot of issues that she hasn't worked on and she's bringing them to her own parenting. But I would see like reader reviews where they were like, this is a horrible mother. How dare she? And I would get so upset. And I'd be like, aren't we all allowed a kind of complexity? And we aren't perfect. Um, and we really don't allow mothers to have complexity where we sort of like cut them off. And I think thinking about how they were beforehand forces us to be like, oh, there's still that in some way. Um, and I'm always trying to get like, people are like, oh, I wish I could submit something, but I really hate my mom. <laughs> and I'm always like, oh my God, please, if you don't, if this is not going to like cause a horrible rift among the family, <laughs> please submit to mo mothers before, because I love seeing those kind of relationships represented. Um, one of my favorite submissions actually for mothers before the book is from Sanam Maluji. And she submitted a photograph of herself because her mother refused to give her a photo. And the essay is all about like how she wants to have this close relationship to her mother and she can't have it. And like, they just don't get along. <laughs> um, and I love the one from Angela Garbus. I know you guys have had her on the show. Um, mm -hmm. She wrote like a mother and she talks about how like, they have a kind of, you know, Angela's mother takes care of Angela's kids and they're often like misunderstanding each other. Um, and just sort of like giving space for that, not having, because I think if we give space for that, it makes it easier when you become a parent to be like, oh, oh, of course this is how it would be. I see this, this kind of relationship represented in all kinds of ways in the media. So, you know, of course our relationships are going to be thorny at times. Yeah. I mean, how, how would you describe your relationship with your mother? Uh, I would say it's good. Um, you know, it's funny. I, my parents divorced when I was really young. I was like four. And I would say I was more, I was closer to my dad growing up for all kinds of reasons. You know, I was the youngest of three girls. And then my mom had two more kids. At a certain point, I was the only child who was splitting custody between my two parents. So my other sisters would stay at my mom's and I would go one week at my dad's and one week at my mom's. So I was like an only child at my dad's house. And so we were super tight, but there became a time when I got older, when I had kids where my mom became the person that I went to. So like my mom has take raised five children and like 
she she like was a full time nanny basically for my brother's teacher's kid for free because she just like loves kids. <laughs> so she basically knows everything about babies, especially. So she's mm-hmm. the person that was there for me at my births and um, who I always ask for advice about child rearing, child rearing stuff and like. When she says to me, like, you're doing a good job and it's hard, it really means mm-hmm. a lot to me because she knows and it feels very good to get that feedback from her. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're a lot closer than we ever were in the past. Um, and so it's, it's interesting to me to think about, like, well, what if I had decided not to have children? Um, mm. What would our relationship look like? Would I be still be closer to my dad? I don't know. It's kind of a, a problem, an, a question that I could never answer, obviously. I haven't lived that other life. Right. That's, that's interesting though. Yeah. Um, so when we first started emailing about you coming on the show, you sent us a very uh, interesting <laughs> list of <laughs> topics that you could discuss. Oh, oh God. Um, <laughs> so I think let's just get into it. You said you could talk about your favorite lube. Oh, yes. And we have to talk about masturbation. As far I think you guys, have you talked a lot about masturbation? No. We haven't. This is a topic that sorely needs to be covered, you guys. (laughs) Um, I love this segue, too, because too much stuff about mothers is so, like, non-sexual. Come on. Mm. Um, So my lube is called Uber Lube, which predates the Uber driver. (laughs) Uh Um, And it can also... um, work as a hair, like a hair product, apparently. So if you have, what's funny is it's on my bedside drawer and my four-year-old found it. And she was like, what's this? And I, I talk pretty openly about, you know, questions about sex and stuff as they come up, but I wasn't going to be like, this is lube. You you know, just felt a little bit above her pay grade at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, oh, this is a hair product. And my daughter has this very like frizzy, like cotton, it's like a blonde cloud basically and i was like it's 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 for your hair it's curl cream and she used it it looked great on her (laughs) oh my god um but yeah so it can double as hair product and it's in a really discreet um little glass bottle and they have a small one for travel and it's amazing you put it on your hands and if you don't end up using it it kind of just like absorbs into your hand um so it's the only lube i've used for like almost a decade i would say um, my agent, my literary agent sent it to me. <laughs> so I don't know wow, if that's weird wow. or not, but she was like, I've got a product for you. But I have openly talked about how great this lube is. And then I will get emails from people that are like, oh my God, this really is terrific. So I highly recommend it. Uber lube. Um, yeah. But I only use that for intercourse. I don't use it for when I'm <laughs> playing with myself, as they say, what do, what do people say now? What's the, uh, what are the kids saying now? I feel like Kate, you probably have like a, a uh, abbreviation for this, but we're going to, it's not going to work. <laughs> That's true. And you're right. It's not. I mean, I don't, but I think I could, I think I would come up with You one. probably could get, yeah. <laughs> but I would be doing um, that to like make myself feel more comfortable talking about masturbation. Cause I still, I'm still, yeah. yeah, I'm still like at my core, um, I raised by like a Puritans and I get like so bashful talking about anything related to sex, even though I'm, I feel I support like very open sexuality, but it makes me, I always get awkward. Yeah. 
Well, it's funny because my dad is like this like new agey, he like he has an astro like he has a personal astrologer. He loves Wilhelm Reich, who was like an acolyte of Freud. That's all about thinking about like energy blockage and like the orgasm is the way to like release energy. So like when I was young, I would just kill to like not have my dad bring up sex and talking about his sex life. He was a mm. single bat, like a sw- a bachelor who had all kinds of girlfriends. <laughs> so I like came from the other side of it. I was like, felt like a square in that house. And then I go into the real world and I'm way too open. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel what's interesting about masturbation to me is that so much of the rhetoric around masturbation is pleasure yourself. So you will know what you like with a partner. And I think that's totally valid and makes sense. Like if you masturbate, you get comfortable with your, with your, with your own body. What you get, like, you know, you get into what you feel rather than what you look like. You, you become subject rather than object. Right. But I feel like maybe because I've been masturbating since I was a kid, masturbation to me is sort of like, I I have my own, I have my own sexual relationship with myself that doesn't have anything to do with a sexual relationship with another person, if that makes Mm. any sense. Um, of course they, there, it's a Venn diagram, (laughs) but I feel like sometimes if you only talk about masturbation in terms of like learning what you like so that you can tell somebody else what you like, it again becomes about another person rather than being like, oh, this is something, this is literal self-care that I do with Mm. myself for myself. It's like, I don't go out to dinner alone to practice going out to dinner with somebody else. (laughs) Going out to dinner alone has its own pleasures. I mean, it also (laughs) lacks a certain something, but it's kind of fun. You go to dinner by yourself. I love that so much. I do. Thank you. That's a really helpful way to look at it because you're right. I think so often masturbation is presented in that way. And, it really and I think it is because people are so uncomfortable with it. Like we're yeah. like, especially as women, right? We're like comfortable with the idea of being sexual with somebody else for their pleasure. And that's still the main way that we think about pleasure. Um, but if you just take the other person out of the equation, like it's just you having a party with yourself. Like what feels good? Like, to be honest, things that I like with myself, nobody else can do but me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of like that. I mean, sometimes, obviously, if I don't have access to another person and I want another person, <laughs> that's frustrating. But sometimes that's not the case. Um, and so I feel like that might be useful for someone who feels a little like timid about it or feels like they need to get like masturbation is sort of like a a rehearsal for something, you know? I don't know. It's not. It's just itself. It's just its thing. It's its own thing. Do you have a... Do you have a preferred vibrator or other implements? This might be controversial. Now, I am jealous of people who have a preferred preferred vibrator because I only use my hand. And so I don't know. I feel like kind of like weird medieval or like <laughs> what century am I in? But I have never been able to find a vibrator that I like love. Um, I, I feel like vibrators are better when I have used them. They're better when I'm with another person. Mm. Um, but I tend just to go just manual. I'm analog. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I always consider getting that vibrator that Joanna Goddard recommends so highly on Cup of Joe. I'm always like, should I get that one? But I haven't. What I haven't. is that? I don't know. She's recommended it a few times. It might be like the bullet, that one maybe. I don't you know. You can't go wrong with a if, Cup of Joe recommendation. Some- 
know, right? <laughs> if if someone is we've we've heard from listeners who have either never masturbated or have like don't know what to do. If someone is a masturbation noob, <laughs> what would you suggest? Um that's so interesting. It's interesting too because I've been masturbating since I was like a toddler. So like the idea that one had ne- like you bring so much of your mind to it when you're older, right? Like you mm-hmm. can imagine why there'd be like psychic barriers to it. I would say, I think people, if they're new and they haven't gotten into it or they just don't see what the big deal is, I think they need to try other things. Like you could try the bathtub faucet. You could try flipping over on your stomach. I feel like there's one very like, there's like a dominant vision of what masturbation looks like that we see where like a person puts their hand, a girl, a, a young, a young nubile girl <laughs> puts her hands down her pants and she's like kind of sitting up or leaning back and it takes her like one second and there's not a lot of pressure involved and she comes and that's the end. And I think with sex, the the dominant image is not necessarily going to match up with what makes you feel good. So I would just like experiment a lot and not put any pressure on yourself to have like this literally orgasmic experience. Also, it's kind of like, have you ever heard about, I learned that taste buds are not static, that you can learn to Mm. like foods, except like cilantro, if it tastes like soap, you're out of luck. (laughs) But like you have to try a food, I think 10 times before you're, you can really decide if you don't like it. And if you don't like it, then maybe try it a year later and see how you feel. So like when I worked at a cheese store, I used to hate olives. Like even the scent of olives was disgusting to me, but I have to hand mix these big vats of olives and they were so beautiful, all these greens and browns. And every time I was like, okay, I'm going to try an olive. And over the couple years that I worked there, I became a lover of olives. (laughs) So maybe masturbation is like that. Like you have to try it a few times to see how it feels if you like it. I don't know. Just a thought. And hey, I also know people who do not masturbate and are not into it. And I think that's fine too. That doesn't mean you like don't like sex or you're not a sensual person. I just, that's not your thing. And that's cool too. No, it just means you don't like going out to dinner alone. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of people don't like going out to dinner alone. No, and that's fine. (laughs) And that's fine. Don't knock it till you've tried it. But if you don't, if you still don't like it, that's cool. Eden, you also wrote that you have a five-year diary and that you were excited to hear that I had started something like this. Oh my God. I was so excited when you started talking about it. (laughs) Could you tell by my exclamation points? (laughs) Well, also that you've been doing this for 11 years. Yeah, I'm now on year 12. Isn't that insane? I'm actually trying to write an essay about it. Yeah. So I have a five-year diary. I think you have the, do you have the line a day one, Dory? Yes, I have one line a day. Yeah, so this I have one that's. Um, I can I can send you a link to the one I have. Um, so you could do. I think there's. I don't know how if it's the same amount of space, but it's just called the Five Year Diary, and so it has a space on each page where you write the year, and then you know, maybe th- I can fit in like three or four sentences written really small. That's that's what mine is too. Yeah. Okay. So it's the same same yeah. thing. Um, yeah, I started it. What year is it now? In 2009? Is that right? Yeah. So I started my first one in 2009 and I have written every day except for like a month, I think, or two between books. Um, so yeah, so I have this sort of amazing record of yeah. my life every day. And sometimes if I'm in the mood, I'll write it, I'll write an entry and then I'll look up at the entry above. Like I just hit the year mark 
on my third five-year diary. So now I'm finally getting to see like what happened this time last year. Um, and then if I'm really in the mood, I'll pull out the old books and I can see like, okay, I'm 39 now. So like, what was it like when I was little baby Eden at 28? What was I doing today? Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's really fun. I will say that the day, I don't know if you're still doing it. You have like a whole nice thing with the yoga toes and stuff. Mine is much more like, <laughs> oh, fuck, I got to do the five-year diary. <laughs> and sometimes I'm like a couple days behind and I have to do two in one day or three in one day. Um, but you do it. But it's like sort you of a, stick with it. This is stressful. I okay. stick with it, and, and I kind of hate it. doing it. I'm like, oh god, I got to do the diary. But because I have all these years amassed, the the it accrues meaning the longer you do it, right? So if I stopped now, I'd be like, oh my god, I'm letting myself down. I have, I I my one regret is that I didn't start it earlier because I so badly want this. I sent a, I spent a semester when I was 28, I think, or 27, teaching at my alma mater in Oberlin, Ohio. Um, and I was like, I was recently pretty newly married and I went there alone and I so badly wish I had those diary entries of this weird time when I was watching like Grey's Anatomy on Netflix when Netflix was still like on DVDs. <laughs> I just want so badly to have that time recorded. But so it's not fun to do really nightly, but it is so fun to see what I did four years ago, five years ago, last year. It's just such a really beautiful record. And I have kind of amassed like you know i have big things like when trump was elected or now i have like quarantine updates right but i also have you know the stuff about my book my career like when i got rejected from stuff when i sold my book when my books came out i have the births of my children when i was like really messed up when my first child was born and i had no idea what i was doing that's all there um and i have super stupid stuff in it like what I it's really eerie I'll have like I had sausages and peppers and then like three years in a row I eat the same thing on the same night totally by accident (laughs) and I'm like what is life but sausages and peppers (laughs) (laughs) so I really recommend it I mean it's kind of hard to be like invest now and in 11 years you'll be glad you did (laughs) but it, it really is like something that I'm so happy that I started doing I'm so glad I started it. Um, and it's so cool to hear that you have been doing it for so long and how valuable it's been to you. So I, I don't know. I feel really good about it. I feel like, like, uh, kind of like shit. I got to start a fucking five, five year journal. <laughs> no pressure, Kate. No pressure. <laughs> well, no. what is, and I, I think I've said this before, but what it is nice about it is it's such a small amount that you need to write. You don't need to write like five pages in a journal. It's literally, yes. it literally takes two minutes to just, yeah. you're, you're like jotting something down. In fact, most days I would say, like, I'm like, oh, I wish I kind of had more space, which is yeah. weird. Oh, totally, totally. Well, is I that think, why you started yeah. your larger journal, Dory? Like, you yeah, have. So I, <laughs> I have a backup <laughs> journal now too, where like, if I feel like I need to write more, I go to the backup journal. Nice. Um, so, but I, but I'm never, I'm never required to write in the backup journal. Yeah. I, I have other journals, but they don't. I don't write in them as regularly. I just mm-hmm. always felt like there was pre- there's like both not enough pressure and too much pressure with a regular journal. Yeah. But I like totally. an over. I like this overflow room that you have going. That's a yeah. good idea. Because sometimes <laughs> I'm like writing super room. super small, yes. and then I like yeah. take up some time for next year. I'm like, hope next year's not yeah. not pivotal because I don't have enough <laughs> <Totally>. space. <laughs> Totally. I feel like it's interesting to think about the different ways that people kind of mark time. And for me, it's always been 
some kind of writing. And I think before the five-year diary, I had been a long period of not doing anything. And that was sad to me, but I had a Tumblr that I was really active on and loved to have that as a record. And like some people take photographs, some people, I don't know. I just think there's different ways to think about like, how can you remember this moment? And it does not have to be like an annoying diary entry every night if that's not your thing, you know? Yeah. Uh, Well, Eden, it has been such a pleasure to chat with you. Um, Where can our listeners find you, find your book, find your podcast? Let's see. I'm at EdenLapucky.com and on Instagram at EdenLapucky, E-D-A-N-L-E-P is in Peter, U-C-K-I. And I'm at Mom Rage Podcast. And, you know, that's where I am. And And I will say thank you guys so much for having me. Oh, a mother. Oh my God. I got to do that too. (laughs) And mothers before on Instagram, you can follow all the beautiful photographs and captions from different people around the world. And we should say, Kate, you are a contributor and you have a terrific essay about your mom in it. Yeah. Your essay is so sweet, Kate. Love that photo too. Thank you so much. I love that you, that you got to write about your mom and fish in one essay. (laughs) You know what, Dory? I try to work in all my favorite hot topics. Yeah, my mom. I think my mom would be someone who would not have let me write about her were she alive. So I'm glad I got to get a little contribution in. She wouldn't let me put a photo in. That's for sure. Oh. Anyway, so there she is. Interesting. The whole book is just. I love it. It really is. is. It really is gorgeous. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much, Kate and Dory. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm. Okay. Which is okay. I know. Visible on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel. I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, Mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. One Skin believes the purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. 
Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. Dory, I just, I did want to say Eden's book is really, um, it's really cool if anyone is interested in checking it out. The I photos, loved it. Oh, the photos are f- stunning and fascinating. And it is so interesting to hear about all these different women's lives. I mean, yeah. She just got such a one, an amazing variety. And it's not all like peaches and cream. I had the best mom. Totally. Um, you know, it's a really diverse representation of relationships. And I, th- I think it's a great, great book. So and her Instagram is so is a wonderful follow. Yeah. Check it out. Yes, yes, yes. Um, well, Dory, last week, mm-hmm. your intention was you wanted to exercise. You were feeling better. It was helping you start your day. You were kind of really leaning into physical movement. Yeah. Um, I did exercise every day. I did not exercise on Sunday. I decided to give myself a day off. Um, but every other day I exercise and it, and it felt really good to just like move my body and start my day in this way. So feeling good. Right. Um, and then this week I want to try and like start and finish my work during the quote unquote work day. <laughs> I feel like I'm always on and I want to try to be more present when I'm not working. Mm. So, this is interesting. Yeah. And hard. Um, yeah. And I don't know if it'll be possible. But like this morning, um, when I got Henry, I usually grab my phone and take it with me into the playroom. And this morning, I didn't. I didn't look at my phone until, you know, after I had been in there for like an hour and a half. And it was nice. Like, and I, and I know that, like, I know to be in the playroom without my phone, even though I'm not playing with Henry all the time, like he's doing his own thing. It is nice to not have my phone and not be looking at it and like responding to stuff. So I'm going to try to do that more. And yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. I like that for you, Dory. That's a hard. That's hard for me. I, I have it's to. So I'm hard. Not good at that one. Yeah. No, and I'm like f- so guilty of it too. Like I'm texting you at all hours. Like, you know. You know well, all, it's also like right now we do not. It we're really reliant on our devices for yeah. connection. You know, it's really yeah. extra tricky right now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think you know, knowing that is also okay. Okay. Thank you. Yes. You're doing great. Oh, thanks, Kate. Um, well, how'd it go with you? Last, well, last week I set the intention of making my own pasta, but I did not get to it. I did make another loaf of sourdough bread that I'm going to eat for with my lunch, and it was just delicious. So I did do some of my cooking, which has been really um, a new experience for me, and I'm 
really finding it very pleasurable. So, but I would like to still crack open this pasta maker and make make some pasta. So I got to get on that. Great. Um, this week I am committing to, as discussed on this episode in this interview with Eden, a one line a day journal. Ha <laughs> ha. You know, I was very skeptical listening to the two of you talk. And then, of course, when we finished our interview, I was like, why don't I try this? And I went and I ordered one. And now I have a one line a day journal and I am two days into it and I'm enjoying it. And so I'm going to see if I can make it a week. Amazing. Yeah. I now might be a one line a day journal convert. We'll see. We'll check back next week on the podcast. Okay. I, I I won't. I won't preemptively get too excited. Yeah, I mean, look, this is no, uh, this is a no pressure intention zone. So if I fail, it's cool, but I'm curious. I'm just going to explore it with a curious mind. I'm excited. I'm excited for you. You know, and I might buy your butt cushion too. Oh, you will be transported. (laughs) Yeah, I just want to live your life. I mean, what's not to love? Your practices are great. (laughs) Thank you. Your practices are great. Thank you so much. Um, Well, you know, Dory, this has been a real treat to get to talk to you. And listeners, we really appreciate you listening. So thank you so much. We really appreciate you. And, and oh, oh uh, no, uh, no, no, uh, go oh. ahead. <laughs> okay, I, I was going to say, say the farewell. Forever 35 is oh, hosted yes. and produced by Dory Shafrir and Kate Spencer and produced and edited by Sammy Junio. And Sam Reed is our project manager. We will talk to you very soon. We will. Butt masks never, 35 forever. <laughs> Bye. Bye.